Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Well, let's do a couple things here as far as uh, Thursday night is concerned. It was a good sports night uh, Thursday night. And uh, number one is Minnesota. I mean, you can't have four or five turnovers in these games uh, and go out there and expect to win. Uh, number one, their defense. After a decent start, their defense was atrocious. Swift, 178 yards on the ground. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith caught four balls for 130-something yards. Uh, they seem to have the Eagles contained for the first couple of, you know, maybe quarter and a half and then they just collapsed they absolutely fell apart and then of course the Eagles had that long drive in the first half where you know it seems like the Viking plan early was to make sure that Hertz was kept under control both throwing and on the and running on the outside around the ends but as a result they had to give something up and what they gave up was the middle of the field that offensive line did a great job and the Eagles went right down the field and you know 13 plays where they have 11 or 12 runs on that 113 play drive when they scored to take a seven uh what was it uh, when they kicked the field goal early in the first drive then they scored a touchdown to make a 10-7 uh you know they went right down the field they ran the ball and they ran the ball great last night the eagles are still not sharp uh you know uh they were very fortunate in this game based on the raven uh, based on the vikings fumbling that punt early in the game which cost them three points that horrendous rule we're going to get to that in a minute with uh, Jefferson when he fumbled the ball off the pylon and, you know, the Eagles got possession at 10-7, changed the whole game. Uh, you know, uh, and then they had obviously mistakes. They had another fumble in the game too. I mean, they just really turned the ball over, turned the ball over all over the place. And you can't do that in these kind of games. Uh, on the road against Philadelphia, you you have to play clean football. And this team has had a million, what they have, about six, they got about seven or eight turnovers in the first two games of the year. Minnesota was 11 and 0 last year, uh, 11 and 0 in one score games last year. Uh, already they are 0 and 2 in one score games this year. Though yesterday really wasn't a one score game. They were down by, uh, you know, 24. What was it 24 7 at one point? Whatever the score was, before they came back and uh, tried to get themselves back involved and scored a touchdown with a minute left to make it 34 28. But uh, you know, I really wasn't impressed with either team. I mean, the Eagles did what the Eagles had to do. Their defense wasn't great. Cousins threw for 300 and some odd 50 yards. I mean, Jefferson had another huge day. Now, listen, a lot of their offense came when the game was over. I understand that. Uh, but, you know, Minnesota did go up and down the field. I mean, you know, Cousins had that huge fumble, uh, which hurt him. And I don't blame him for that because he got blindsided and he coughed it up. You can't blame him for that kind of play. He was in the po- pocket for a second and bang, he fumbled. You cannot blame him for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, listen, they turned the ball over a million times and that gave the Eagles uh, ample opportunity. They got the one touchdown on the fumble. They got uh, three points at the end of the half off the Jefferson fumble. Uh, they got a break, of course, with the fumble by uh, the punt returner, which would have given Minnesota some points. So a lot of things the Eagles took advantage of. Uh, and the Eagles obviously are now 2-0. and And the Eagles uh, got an easy schedule early in the year. Tampa the next week is not impossible. Minnesota's not great. New England's the fourth best team in the AFC East. You know, Rodgers is out, so that Jet game in a couple weeks doesn't look as quite as imposing. Uh, and the Eagles, you know, probably on their way to a hell of a year. They don't look as good to me as they did a year ago uh, early. Uh, you know, Hertz has not been as great 
They don't look quite as sharp. Maybe the new coordinators. So we'll have to wait and see how this plays itself out. Uh, but the bottom line is they won a the game. So they're 2-0, and that's all there is to it. I don't need to see A.J. Brown act like a diva. I mean, you know, screaming and yelling about not getting the ball enough. Uh, he was upset by that. You know, they can say, Suriani can say, oh, I'm going to leave. Uh, what happens on the sideline, that's a private conversation. Nick, we, uh, he said that after the game. Nick, we all saw what happened. Uh, he wanted the ball, and he was annoyed, and he was yelling and screaming. We, we, I don't need, you know, there was no private conversation going on. Brown was out there for all the cameras to see that he was being uh, upset and being a diva, that he wasn't getting any, wasn't getting targeted. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. And Soriani tried to protect him late in the game. Now, uh, he made a big play, A.J. Brown. Uh, the one first down that Eagles had to get at the uh, touchdown to make it at 27-21 with about eight minutes to go, he got it. I think it was like third and five, and he got a huge first down there on a catch. That was the one big first down that the Eagles had to get late in the game. I didn't see the last couple of minutes. I'm assuming they didn't have to do anything then. But they got the first down at 27-21, and away they go. I hate the rule. Uh, that, to me, cannot be. You can't fumble the ball over the pylon. The defense had nothing to do with it, and the defense gets the ball at the 20-yard line. I mean, we've gone through this a thousand times. We saw it a couple years ago in the Browns-Chiefs postseason game. We asked Clark Hunt about it at the time. Uh, you know, I understand uh, this was a fumble that, you know, was not really the result of anybody that anything the defense did, but there's got to be a better situation. You want to sit there and punish the offense and put them back at the 20 so to make it a 19-yard penalty? I can buy that. But to give the defense the ball at the 20, that to me is an absolute disgrace. I mean, the defense does nothing in that spot to earn the ball. They don't recover the ball in the end zone or out of bounds before it goes out of bounds. There is no way. That's just much, much too punitive for the offense in that sequence. And yesterday it changed the whole game. That rule's got to be Changed. And for whatever the reason, they've tabled it. They haven't changed it. And I hate it. I hate the rule. So I wanted to make sure I, that I threw that in. So the Eagles 2-0. Minnesota, 11% of teams who start 0-2 since 90 make the playoffs. Only 11% of teams who get off to that start end up in postseason play. So Minnesota is going to be fighting all year long uh, for that. That's the first thing today. The second thing today is the baseball. Tampa won last night to beat the Orioles. So that series now gets much more interesting. They only trail by two. One in the loss column. They had bullpen last night. 12 up, 12 down. Pete Fairbanks in the bottom of the ninth was superb. I think he had three straight strikeouts. He's got 24 saves and 26 opportunities. And Tampa right now is playing much better. They obviously got off to the wonderful start. They had the lull. Uh, then they sort of worked them well, worked themselves back into uh, divisional uh, competition and a divisional equation where they have a chance to win the A American League East. Good win for them last night. Orioles had some chances to break open a game a little bit. Didn't do it. Cuban Rocket had a big two-run double. Raleigh had a home run in the seventh inning. Tampa wins the first of the four games. All Baltimore needs is one win, and if Baltimore gets the win, they get the, um, if nothing else, to tie break the advantage there, but they need one, three more games this weekend, and Baltimore will keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, Texas walked into Toronto and basically stole the lunch money. I mean, my God, they killed the Blue Jays. They destroyed the Toronto pitching staff, scored a million runs, and I think basically sent Toronto home for the season. They got a two-and-a-half game lead now on the Blue Jays for that last wild-card spot. They have 64 losses. The, um, uh, t the Astros have 64 losses. Seattle's got 65 losses, and Toronto's got 67 losses. The good news for the Blue Jays is that Seattle and Texas play 10 games against each other, so 
theoretically, uh, they could uh, pick up ground when those two teams are locking horns the last 10 days of the season. That's one aspect of it that might be positive for, for Toronto. But the negative to that is they have a lot of games. Their last 15 games are against the American League East, and they are 11-25 and 25 against the American League East this year. So they have been awful in the division, and they have games with Tampa. They have uh, uh, games with Baltimore. No, they're done with Baltimore, but they got games, three games with the Red Sox, six with the Yankees, and two series with Tampa. So they have, and Tampa's going to need the games. The Yankees are going to want to knock them out, and Baltimore's, and Boston's dangerous. So from that standpoint, uh, they are going to be, uh, they're on a tough road. And Toronto, if they don't make the playoffs, that's a, that's a disgrace. I mean, Toronto, for their payroll, the fact they made the playoffs last year, uh, they haven't fired all year long. If they don't make the postseason, and I don't think they will right now, you can't get, you can't lose four straight games at home in Texas in late September, mid September. A team that you're battling a postseason spot for and make the, I make the play. That's asking an awful lot. So I think Toronto could be in huge trouble and will not get in. And I do not understand why High Bloom, uh, by Hair Bloom got fired. Whatever his first name is, Bloom got fired. By the Red Sox. I mean, that to me is really throwing one over to the Alligators. That's Tom Warner and John Henry uh, wanting to not take the criticism from the fan base. They haven't made the playoffs in three of the four years that Bloom has been there. But one of those years was the pandemic. Then the other year that they did make the playoffs, they got to the Final Four. They played in the ALCS. So all of a sudden, they beat the Rays along the way. So now you're going to fire them. They, they got hired in 19. 20 was a pandemic year. 21, they had a bad year. 22, they, uh, it's only been here three years. I mean, geez, the guy's been here three years and you fire him? All right, 23 was bad. 22 was, no, he's been here four years. So I'm sorry. 20 pandemic. 21, they got to the, uh, 22, they got to the ALCS. 21 was not great and 23 is bad. But this is the way you're going to, uh, other way around. 21, they got to the ALCS. The last two years have been bad. I got the years mixed up. They played Houston in 21. But this is, you're going to fire him over this? That's, that's garbage. That's John Henry and, and Tom Warner wanting to make sure that the boos don't go in their direction. They've done a lousy job. I mean, how do you, I mean, it wasn't his fault that you traded Betts. You didn't want to, now Betts was never, ever going to sign there, but you didn't want, you didn't want to spend the money for Betts. You were annoyed that you were paying all that luxury tax money while Tampa was good every year. And you said, why can't we be good at the $180 million payroll? So you basically ordered Bloom to, to trade uh, Betts. And what you got out of him were two players in Verdugo and Wong. That's not his fault. I mean, geez, he brought the kid in from Japan. Has had a good year. I mean, give him credit for that. Uh, you know, he uh, made the Verdugo and Wong aren't terrible. He made a uh, he brought Duval in. Duval's a dangerous player. I mean, uh, you can't sit there. He brought Justin Turner in. Nobody's going to argue with that signing. He's got 100 RBIs. Very odd. Very very odd with that. Not fair. Bloom got a raw deal in Boston. Got a raw deal. So the baseball to keep an eye on this weekend really is Tampa and the Orioles. The Cubs will play the Diamondbacks. That's a big series for the Diamondbacks. Cubs lead them by two games for the fifth wild card spot. Diamondbacks, Giants, Marlins, and Reds in that battle for the last wild card spot. Dodgers will be in Seattle this weekend, and Seattle's going to need the games. Uh, the Dodgers haven't clinched yet against the Mariners. That's what you need to know as far as baseball is concerned. 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.